0: In Seattle, Police Chief Carmen Best says her department's recruitment ads are designed to attract more women to the force. We wanna show more women. We wanna show women in diverse positions. It's not just that we need more women, but we need a lot more women of color. I think that's where our police departments could potentially um, transform.
1: Yes, and how is that exactly going to solve the problem? That has nothing to do with the problem, whatsoever. The actual problem with police is police incompetence and overstepping authority. Both genders can be incompetent and both genders can overstep authority. Police need to train more so that accidents happen less frequently and police need to stop breaking the law with things like drunk driving checkpoints which violate the Fourth Amendment. What happened to all that? That's originally what reforming the police was about but it seems that just disappeared in favor of a narrative used to destabilize the country. The video clips I just showed are partially in response to the George Floyd arrest, which at worst was a case of police incompetence. It certainly wasn't a case of overt racism like the mainstream media said it was so they could incite riots. The leaked footage exonerated the cops of racism who were highly accommodating to Floyd, particularly when he initially said he couldn't breathe. They also worked to de escalate the situation despite the fact that Floyd continuously refused to follow police direction. The only thing they did wrong was put a knee on his neck for eight minutes without periodically checking to make sure he was still alive, which, like I said, would be an example of police incompetence, not racism. With that in mind, how would implementing female officers in this situation have helped? I don't think it would have helped at all. In fact, I think it would have made the situation worse. I'll get to why, but first, let me tell you about my newest sponsor, Mensters. Mensters is a clothing line that is dedicated to free speech, masculinity, and a positive state of being. Their t-shirts, sweatshirts, caps, and phone cases all have amazing art designed to showcase the power of freedom and the power of carrying the weight of responsibility. Check out this video's sponsor, Mensters, by clicking on the first link in the description. All right, so according to the video, the ideal female to protect us is this friendly female Seattle police officer. They must have shot this footage before the riots. Take a look at this image here. We can see that our friendly officer is teamed up with a male officer. Something I noticed is that this woman is very petite and well over a foot shorter than the man she is standing next to. What is she, five one or 5'3? What is she going to do to George Floyd, who is is six foot four? Remember, Floyd was very resistant to arrest and behind the wheel of a car under the influence of several drugs. There is no way her and two or three other female cops of her stature would ever be able to safely restrain George Floyd for an arrest if he resisted. If they pepper sprayed him, he can still resist. If they used batons, he probably still would have won. I suppose they could have tased him, assuming that works considering how many drugs he was on. But the problem with that is that Floyd has a heart condition, and tasing him could have killed him. That would have put you right back at square one. Let's say he tries to get away. What do you do? You aren't strong enough to physically restrain him, you can't pepper spray him, tasing doesn't work, and he is about to drive a car under the influence of powerful opiates. Are you just going to let him get away? A man who is chemically impaired and could accidentally hit someone on the way home? A man who has a history of violence against women? Maybe you could record his license plate number so the male cops can arrest him later, after he gets away, which would now cost more police resources and open up the possibility that he commits more crimes or flees the state before they can arrest him. The only thing that would equalize a female with a man of George Floyd's size is a gun. They would have to shoot him to stop him And now you have just used more force than would have been used if men were on the scene. Most violent criminals are male. Imagine the amount of injuries police officers would sustain from criminals who resist arrest if most officers were female. Being a police officer is a dangerous job. How many more officers would die on the job if you had tons of female officers taking on male criminals who are way stronger than they are? If it's okay to put female police officers against male criminals, then why don't we have women fight against men in boxing or the UFC? They are just as capable, right? Or should we look at reality? Men are stronger than women. But don't take it from me, take it from a female officer from Israel.
2: I obviously do believe that maybe like men are built stronger, and like that's fine, and like if I have to do an arrest, it's not always easy, you know? Um, A lot of times the person's bigger than me, or even stronger than me, and they're trying to get away. Um, So yeah, it's definitely happened.
1: (laughs) I don't see why this completely obvious fact of nature has to be pointed out time and time again. The original documentary clip I showed you only has females in perfect situations. They have the happy female Seattle cop saying hi to people on the street where there is absolutely no danger, or they have this. Hi. Hi. Do you know why I'm stopping you? You can calm it's down. Good. I see you're shaking. Just relax. Relax,
0: it's all good. You can see uh, in that traffic stop that straight, and that straight, and man that was here. stopped by That's Alice okay. had someone who was right. nurturing.
1: What a delightful situation. A happy traffic stop where the person is scared of the police officer. See how well Officer Alice does? How about this? What would happen if Alice runs the car's plates and finds out that he is in a stolen car? What if he also has a warrant for murder and he isn't going quietly? How are you going to stop him without using excessive force and keep people safe when you are weaker than him? How are you going to keep yourself safe in that situation? Even when it comes to police rescues like this, there's an interesting video out there that's been going around recently where a female officer rescues a 66-year-old man from being hit by a train because his wheelchair was stuck on the tracks.
2: Now.
1: Before I talk about this, I do want to take a second to point out the extreme bravery of this officer. Jumping onto train tracks just seconds before the train was about to hit was incredible, especially considering that she could have been hit by the train too. However, we do have to look at the facts of the situation because we want the best possible results for society at large, particularly when you're trying to save somebody. You don't just want to save them, you want to save them the right way with the least amount of injury. So when I look at the reality of this train situation, I see that even though this officer was very brave, she fumbled the man before he was completely off the tracks, and he got his left leg amputated by the train. If he still had feeling in his legs, that must have been quite painful. Not to mention that losing a leg could cause you to bleed out and die. So you have to ask, would that have happened if someone stronger pulled him off the track? Maybe he could have been spared that injury. I know it's mean to the rescuer, I know it's something certain people might not want to hear, but you have to ask: Would you rather not be offended, or would you rather have two legs? Ultimately, when talking about the demographics, it comes down to who is the most qualified for the job. If you are being robbed at gunpoint and five foot one happy female Seattle police officer comes to save you, do you feel safe? If you were trapped in a burning building, and a five 5'3", 115-pound firewoman comes to pull you out, would she even be able to do that? After carrying you out of the building, would she then have the stamina to save anyone else that's still in the building? Ask yourself, do you want people to not be offended or do you want people to be alive? When it comes to any job, you need to base your selection process on merit. Men are demonstrably far stronger than women are. Men are the most qualified for these jobs, and when men don't do these jobs, it puts everyone else in danger, including the female workers. Let's look back to the Marine study on men and women that I referenced in the video I did about women in the military. It says here that women are twice as likely to be injured, twice as likely to be injured, than their male counterparts. That is a huge liability. It gets worse than that. Here's what happens to women when they try to operate at the physical fitness level of a man. The average infertility rate of women in the US is 12%. This survey of military women says that their rate of infertility is almost triple of the rate of the average woman. Women should not be doing these jobs in place of men. It's a danger to them and everyone else. But don't take my word for it. Take it from a female military officer.
2: Not everybody believes this latest step towards equal rights is a good idea, including a female Marine officer who has been on the front lines. Joining me now is Captain Katie Petronio. So there was this push in the last couple of years to let women do more, to technically be on the so-called front lines. Do you agree with it? My specific concern is opening up infantry for females. Why? It's definitely not a cost. The cost definitely outweighs the benefits. Uh, it's not going to help the individual and it's not going to help the institution. Uh, we're a warfighting institution and combat readiness needs to be at the front and foremost uh, when we make decisions like this. And I don't think that this is this change is going to benefit anybody. The other question then I present is longevity. You know, we're right. talking about opening up opportunities for females, but my concern that I point out in the article is that there's these gender-specific medical concerns that are going to come uh, with opening these fields that I'm not so sure we've really thought about mm-hmm. and on the backside of that there's gonna be a cost associated with these medical conditions and are we ready to pay the price for that you went through some of the rigorous training that the, the men did and what happened to you uh, I've faced a lot of uh, weight loss muscle atrophy um, I also developed polycystic ovarian syndrome which for me resulted in infertility um, its It's a type of uh, combat environment these days that's very strenuous, and I was only doing a portion of what our infantry brothers do.
1: If you want a cool job in law enforcement, then be a detective. You can do all that fun CSI stuff. Or you can work undercover in cases where they need women. There are plenty of ways to be useful in those fields. But as for the front lines, we need to pick the most appropriate candidates Otherwise, people will die or get severely injured when they shouldn't have. Even in the case of the criminals, the best way to safely handle a criminal is to know how to grapple and be physically stronger than they are. So why is this all being done? Well, it has nothing to do with equality like the mainstream media and everyone else says it does. I thought I might bring this up because recently it's become popular due to a Call of Duty trailer. This is Yuri Bezmenov, a former KGB informant. In the 1980s, he did a speech on how communism takes over countries. Here is a part of that speech.
2: The highest art of warfare is not to fight at all, but to subvert anything of value in the country of your enemy until such time that the perception of reality of your enemy is screwed up to such an extent that he does not perceive you as an enemy and that your system your civilization and your f- ambitions look to your enemy as an alternative. If not desirable, then at least feasible. Better red than dead. That's the ultimate purpose, the final stage of subversion, after which you can simply take your enemy without a single shot being fired. If the subversion is successful. This is basically what subversion is.
1: In this speech, Yuri states that subversion dates back to Sun Tzu from about 2500 years ago. Subversion is a method of nonviolence. I have always said that if you want to get something done outside of defending yourself against a physical attack, then nonviolence is the most effective method, whether that thing is good or it's evil. If you are evil and want to win a war, don't attack your enemy. Instead, convince them to attack themselves. Subversion artists do this by implanting themselves anywhere information is exchanged media, education, the workplace, etc. And they use these outlets to promote messages that weaken society under the disguise that they are being helpful. So why are they promoting female police despite the fact that women are significantly weaker than men? It's because who will stop all the men rioting in Seattle, Portland, and Minneapolis if all the police are women? BLM and Antifa will be able to burn down whatever cities they like. The master plan is to spend years taking away the gun rights of law-abiding citizens, increase their distrust of the police, then spread a bunch of lies and false information to incite riots that no one can stop because everyone's rights are gone and there are no police. During his speech, Yuri talks about several different places where that has worked. However, inciting riots is not enough. You first have to spend about two decades demoralizing the society. How do you do that? You take over the education system and teach people things that are useless. Don't teach people sciences or trades which actually make money. Have them instead study two years of a foreign language they will never remember. Make them take acting classes, art classes, or music. You know, careers where most people are broke. Then, you take all these unsuccessful people who are demoralized because you haven't taught them any useful skills, and you tell them that the reason they aren't successful is because society is out to get them. Tell them that no matter what they do, because of the class that they were born into, they will never be successful. Great. Now you have a whole generation filled with people who are unsuccessful, depressed, and possibly unemployed or unemployable, who hate society, and are willing to burn everything to the ground. How do you fight against this? You realize that the weapon of the subversion artists are the discontent losers. The fewer depressed people they have, the more people have stable friend and family groups, and the more people have good jobs, the less subversion works. The way you fight subversion is to become successful and help other people become successful so there aren't any losers. Being successful is not a mystery it takes three things. First, work really hard. Second, learn new, useful, and marketable skills. Do not waste tons of time learning skills that don't lead to money. Not just that, but only focus highly on the most useful parts of that skill. Take YouTube for example. There are tons of YouTubers out there who can do all the amazing edits. They have cool text and glitch effects go across the screen, they have custom 30-second intros and all kinds of flair in the video, but they had no followers. They spent so much time learning how to create effects that largely no one cares about that they didn't have any time to spend learning the skills of content creation that actually matter. In fact, some of those skills are detrimental. If I see a long channel intro on a video, no matter how cool it looks, I'll just skip it or click off the video and watch someone else. You'll bleed viewers by overdoing something like that. So only spend time focusing on the stuff that matters. Third, subject yourself to criticism. You cannot figure all this stuff out by yourself. You need input of other people, particularly the ones who are more skilled than you. Criticism is almost never said gently. You are probably going to be offended by it, but you can't ignore it or you will fail. If you can stick to these three principles, work hard, learn new skills, and take criticism, and you are able to adapt to your environment, then you will be successful in whatever you do. If you want to stop authoritarianism, then you need to take control of your own life and build it into something great. Once you have done that, take it a step further and help other people achieve great things too. Be charitable. If we are all successful and we are all helping each other out, then there is nothing these tyrants can do to break society down because no one will want to follow them. But with that said, I think that's enough for this video. So if you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share. If you would like to support this channel, then you can do so with PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. You can find all of those links in the description. Last, if you haven't checked out my Facebook, BitChute, Twitter, or Gab, you can also find those in the description.